Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit. And maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, well, we have a fun episode for you. We are chatting with Kevin Garcia. Um, We're going to intro him in a minute, but we have a fun and tangential conversation about everything from tarot cards to self-identity to spirituality. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Crystals. First, uh, we do talk about crystals too. Yes. (laughs) Sarah's in heaven. I am in heaven. But first, let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor that is such a great resource for anyone wanting to up their physical activity in the new year. Gixo is on a mission to make great live workouts accessible to everyone so that we all live longer, healthier lives. I love that their goal is all about health over appearance. They have live and on-demand workouts that you can access on your phone 24-7. It's designed for busy schedules with 15, 25, or 40-minute workout classes, and they've got everything from walking strength training, yoga, and Pilates. You can exercise wherever you are, no equipment required. They also understand that motivation and accountability are the keys to success, so they have personalization from live coaches who provide real-time feedback. You also get encouragement from teammates around the world in group classes. Memberships start at $14.99 a month, and that's actually billed at $179.99 per year, or you can do it monthly at $19.99 a month. That's less than the cost of a single studio class, you guys. You can download the app and create an account to start a seven-day free trial and use the code SELFIE to save 20% off either an annual or a month-to-month membership. It's a pretty sweet deal and perfect timing as many of us are trying to have better self-care skills in this area right now. So just look for the option to enter an event code on the screen where you choose your plan and type in SELFIE to save 20% off a monthly or annual subscription. Sarah, what is what's new with you? Um, uh, I just feel like such a complainer, but I just have to say right now, I'm I'm just gonna vent a little bit that I I am living in this old house. Like my life is this old house. <laughs> like just bring the camera crews and come is on. Is it over. this old house or is it the movie Money Pit? Remember that. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping in this old house um, it's just it's it's just frustrating you know you went through it for an entire year like having people in your house all the time and how old is your house Sarah it's a hundred years old oh yeah that's old. it turned a hundred years old this year and I am absolutely in love with this house let me put that out there I this is like my dream home everything that we're doing is um, I think we knew was going to have to happen at some point it's just happening a little bit earlier Um, my whole thing is just that we bought the house, we renovated the house while not living in it. So we had a lot of time to do all of these things in the house when we weren't living in it, but I don't know how that all happened. So, um, we had to get a new roof. So this is all in the past two weeks, just letting everyone know. We had to get a new roof, like completely replace the roof. And we have a a flat roof. The house has a flat roof Mm -hmm. on it and it was causing a lot of leaking. And so it was, it was a, it was a big ordeal. Like it was a big check that was written that we might've cried while we were writing it. Um, No, wait, hang on. Cause I want to know, did you know that you would have to replace the roof or was that a fun surprise you got when it rained after you moved in? That was a fun surprise. You know, we had okay. it, obviously we had someone come inspect it and they said it looked good. You know, there were a couple spots here and there. And, you know, when we, when we renovated the house, we did plaster on the walls um, instead of paint um, just to kind of keep that old charm and character. And it's really lovely, like all the texture and everything. And yeah, we had a really heavy rain, maybe like two months into living in the house and our master bathroom, which, you know, is one of my favorite places in our home because of my vanity. And, you know, I spend time in there. It was just like rusty yellow streaks just going down all the plaster. (gasps) Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, bad. Just, I mean, there were probably 50 of them. Oh, that's heartbreaking. There was water coming in through like a, a recessed light dripping down on the floor. <gasps> Just. Oh, that's frightening. Yeah. So we knew that a roof was going to be something maybe in the five to 10 year plan. Right. We did not know the roof was going to be in our first year plan. Like, hi, I just moved in. Yes. So that was going on, which, um, you know, obviously I was podcasting and things at my parents' home because there was a lot of noise happening. So on the last day of the roof being put on, they had some big machine up there or whatever, and they um, blew out a breaker in our home. Like, no big deal. Obviously, it's an old house. And so when I went down to the circuit board to, like, reset the breakers, I did. And it was like, you know, a, a Christmas story, the movie where, like, he plugs in the leg lamp into the wall yes. and it's like and like the sparks fly everywhere yes that's what happened and I'm like hmm, I don't think that's safe um it was like it was like actually making like a sizzling noise like behind oh the circuit gosh. board like it kept on going so then we found out that we had to replace the entire circuit board so like everything <gasps> coming in no <laughs> so so like the day the roofers left we had to have the electricians come in and start replacing the circuitry for the house. So that was fun. And that was another just gigantic plaster disaster because they had to, you know, put a larger one in. And so like all the plasters all falling out of the wire there while there. And then this is this is the best one of all, which I'm just going to like rip on my husband a little bit. I love him. And our house is beautiful because of this kind of attention to detail that he has. He's an interior designer. Yes, yes. My husband's an interior designer. He designed the house. It's 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 quite lovely. Um, he's very perfectionistic and he's so like he catches everything so the house itself is a it has a lot of windows tons of windows and it took us a long time to get all of the drapery in for the home because we had to outfit I think probably I don't know 30 to 40 windows Ugh, with all the it's expensive oh it's expensive the rods the drapes the the rings and Dustin bought um some brass rods which that wasn't good enough Dustin wanted the um, rods to be aged so he hand <laughs> he like hand aged every piece of brass the rings the rods the oh joints my. oh yeah so that was like two weeks worth of stuff and then we finally had the glorious you know, rods installed in the drapes. And it was beautiful because we've been living for months with uh, brown craft paper on our windows. Oh, forever. Forever. Yeah. And so we had all that done. And then um, Dustin decided, I, I don't even understand still what he was talking about. <laughs> but um, they were all just like off like a centimeter or two. Or like this one just should be this one. Or this rod should be on this window. And I'm like, they look the same. He goes, no, this one's an inch longer. So Dustin had all of the rods ripped out of the plaster and reset. Oh, my god! So now, as of this very moment, I have been living with my friend, Reed, our plaster guy, who is basically replastering my bathroom, all of the holes in the walls. Oh, my gosh, they, Sarah. I mean, it just... And I know this is all super like first world, woe is me, my house is, you know, but really I'm over it, guys. Like I'm over it. Can I just be in my house by myself and can it just not seriously. like blow up? Seriously, seriously. Yes. Okay. But I feel like you posted recently what looked to be a professional photo of your house. Did you have professional photos taken? We had um, our photos of our family taken for the holidays. Oh, and she took okay. a couple of the kids like running around the house. So we haven't well, had it um, I... photographed yet. Okay, but I want to see those photos. I'll send them to you. I want to see more photos of this house. I'm like, I'm dying to see the whole like, I mean, I've seen, you know, the walkthroughs that you've done on Instagram before it was furnished. But I know Dustin, you know, he's working his magic. Yes. Well, now that we actually have drapes and we yes. have window coverings, um, we are going to do, I will post like a full on house tour probably in January or February with all the photos and stuff too. So Awesome. <sighs> well, yes. I've been living a similar house hell. Uh, oh. Mine's a little bit different though. And now mine is just that, you know, I ended up not having a contractor towards the end of this giant remodel that I did. And so I've been subcontracting subcontracting and I've gotten I've gotten us to about 80 percent and now I'm just like I'm done like I'm done right and I'm right. done and we don't have any um, baseboards <laughs> there's no trim around the doors the doors haven't been painted yet like you know like it's not done right or speaking of window coverings I mean I just put the cheap vinyl like roller shades on everything and I'm just like you know 
oh well <laughs> yeah yeah I know I, f- I feel you at some point until like, I have I people over and then I'm like mortified oh and you should see okay I will post a photo of this in our in our um, Facebook group selfie podcast community um I have not had a yard like my I've just let all the landscaping die my front yard is so disgusting <laughs> and I've left it like that for a year well, like, oh, well, it's pretty. You know what? Just pull up, close your eyes and get inside. It's pretty inside. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we just ripped all of the grass out of our front yard, which we have a very like we live in a very historical neighborhood. We have a sloping lawn that I mean, to me, I thought looked really lovely with grass. It's just very like old fashioned. You walk up to the house. and Nope. Mm-hmm. Dustin ripped it all out. What are you going to put in, DG? Yeah, he's going to do the same thing we did at the old house. We, you know, we have tons of succulents. He's brought in like yeah. probably yeah. 20 to 30 succulents and he'll do like a ground cover. A ground cover. Yeah, that's you, what I want to do yeah. in my front yard too eventually, which is why I'm like, I'm not going to keep this grass alive if it's just going to go away. Totally. No. It makes, so it's just dead grass. That's, and, yeah. and I have a big yard, like a big you do. wraparound yard of dead grass. <laughs> See, it's funny because I live, you know, where we have seasons, so everybody's grass is dead right now. But in California, it's totally different. Most people are like, what is she talking about? I mean, you you have green grass year-round in California, whereas everything's dead in Oklahoma right now. Oh, yeah. It's not supposed to look like that out here. And <laughs> my house, I don't know if, if you've seen it. I mean, it's it's basically it's unpainted stucco, and it's supposed to be like the architectural plan is it's mixed material. It's multiple colors. There's like all these little protruding bo- – it's very modern, like protruding boxes. I just haven't painted it. It's still just the whole thing is this big concrete monstrosity. <laughs> but you need a br- – I'm serious. But you need a break. This, I do. I just You have been don't, doing this forever. I I know. So and it looks I I paid all this money for this remodel and it looks like a hot mess <laughs> from okay. the outside. A hot I mean my kids are just like, Mom, like oh. India didn't want to have her birthday party here because oh. it's so ugly. Oh. Like, when are we gonna finish what? this? I'm like, I don't oh. know, I don't care anymore. I know, seriously. <laughs> two thousand nineteen, like late, late fall two thousand nineteen? Winter? I know. <laughs> I know. Oh gosh. Ugh. Well anyway, let's move on to our chat with Kevin. So we are so excited to chat with Kevin. I met Kevin at the Wild Goose Festival. And first of all, he's one of the funniest people I know. But I wanted to talk to him on Selfie because I also really admire his commitment to authenticity and to self-care. He's a big self-care proponent. He's a speaker, a creative, a musician, and he hosts his own podcast called A Tiny Revolution. He's also a fierce advocate of LGBT rights. And while he definitely has a woo-woo side, as you will hear, he's also pursuing a Master's of Divinity from Columbia Theological Seminary. He's smart, he's interesting, he's thoughtful, and he can rock a red lip better than I can. (laughs) Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. I want to just dive right into self-care because you have described yourself as a huge self-care advocate, and that is what we talk about on this podcast. Talk to us about what that looks like for you. Wow. um, The broadest question. Mm-hmm. What does yeah, self-care just... look like for you? Give us your <laughs> TED Talk on self-care. Um, well, I can, I can tell you, I think my journey towards self-care was um, figuring it out because I was um, not taking care of myself for so long. So just almost like, uh, I, I don't want to say doing life the wrong way, but I was certainly somebody who, my personality disposition lends itself toward being someone who can bury themselves in work so that I don't have to tackle my own feelings. And once I started um, getting in touch with these things called feelings and emotions hmm. and grief. I don't um, know what that, that's like, but I don't go, either. go on. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone has ever had <laughs> troubles like me. I think I'm such hmm. an individual millennial snowflake. No one's ever been sad like me, LOL. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it was honestly this past year of my life that really allowed me to see the truth that when the things are the hardest are when one needs to lean into their self-practice, self-care practices all the more. That like, it's not like, oh, I'm super duper stressed out. I better start meditating. It's like, why is that your go-to? Like, right? You know, you know, shouldn't that already be a part of like, if meditation is not like a quick magical fix, meditation helps. But right. it's the practice of meditation that brings about, uh, you know, what happens when you're the most stressed out in the real world. Right. It's so true. And yet it's so it, – it is hard to focus on self-care when things are going well. Oh, yeah. I mean, who wants to do that? Yeah, because you're like, wee, um, I'm fine. Everything's great. I don't need exactly. to take care of myself. 
yeah, that's that's the dang truth. And I, I think that, you know, there, there's a big feel of if I don't, I don't know, I, I think there's a, the misconception that self-care is like, I'm going to do this when I'm stressed out. I'm going to do these things to take care of myself. And it's just going to be this one-time thing. When in reality, I look at self-care as this is my practice daily, weekly, monthly. So for me, uh, I have a meditation practice that I keep. Um, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, um, being able to just sit and quiet myself and refocus helps. Um, I practice yoga because it's the one place where I like getting into my body. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm also, I recently started working out for the first time since forever. And I think I've had a lot of body shame issues that I've been working through. So it's actually been, um, really cool to, to be able to step into a place of loving my body enough to do the things that are going to help keep it strong. And, and then um, I also am somebody who's a little, um, you know, I, I like to say that I, ca- I practice casual magic. I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's like witchcraft or things like that, but I engage with certain practices around the new moon, um, the full moon, and like just like going with the lunar cycles, um, looking at the astrological, um, the astrological weather just to like, see what I need to pay attention to. And I'm also um, a tarot card reader. And so I read for myself and for other people as a way of self-reflection and also to help myself and others kind of interrogate our own uh, intentions when it comes to things in life. So that's kind of like the broad, like bird's eye view. So you tell me where you want to go with this because we can go in a thousand different Oh my gosh. I know where Sarah wants to go. (laughs) I want to go tarot cards i want to go astrology i want to go crystals Tara wants to go woo woo so let's go woo woo woo. oh let's do it let's do it um well i think uh for me like how i got into this kind of um i don't like calling it new age spirituality because like that feels too like too broad of a term it's like there's these specific ideas that these specific truths that you find in various traditions that you just bring along with you. Um, so I don't like to say it's like a new age religion. I think it's a composite of so many different thoughts on spirituality and the divine. Um, so when did you get, when did you start using tarot cards? I started using tarot cards probably about two years ago. And it happened because I was with a friend. I, I, I uh, got a DM from my friend, Jenny Lee. And she was like, hey, I want to do a, a, a responsive, uh, ener- energy response therapy session with you. And I was pretty much like, I was out and I was gay, but I was still pretty much a fundamentalist Christian in like most every way because I hadn't unpacked all that. And she said, I told her basically like, I, w- I didn't feel comfortable with it because it sounded like the devil. Um, Satan. Honest, Satan. Literal anthropomorphized Satan coming into my room to steal my soul. That's what I thought it was. Right, um, and then that's what happened. And that's what right. happened. Uh, yeah, I gave myself over. Like, you know, the <laughs> Lord gave me over to my sin, and, you know, now I'm a crystal lesbian worship, moon worshiping, woo-woo uh, lesbian. That's me. Um, but, uh, but what she said to me, my friend Jenny Lee, she said, well, here's two things that could happen. One, something good happens, and you are changed, and you have something good for you to t- carry with you. Or B... If you think it's all fake, then it's going to be fake and nothing's going to happen and you're going to remain unchanged. So really, mm-hmm. no risk. And I said, you know what? You're right. Like, I, I should be open to, to something because, like, if it is nothing, then I'm, I'm unchanged. So I did the session with her and I kid you not, I, within three minutes of doing this energy response therapy session, we are bringing up trauma that I had never told her about, mm-hmm. um, things I didn't even know were there, um, and just really digging down deeply into some of the, the 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 pain I'd been carrying with me from my childhood and into my now open queer adulthood that I had never dealt with, um, stuff I wouldn't even know to pay attention to. And that kind of got me thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the same feeling I have when I am praying. Or if I, you know, back in the day when I was very much like a, still an evangelical, you know, in worship, this is how I feel. This is the quote unquote Holy Spirit. So for me, I said, you know what? It was the realization that we were all talking about the same thing from different perspectives and using different language and different tools to access that presence. And so that is when I was like, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. I've always been interested in magical things. I've always been interested in things like tarot and astrology. And 
I don't know why I was so drawn to it. So I decided to go pick up a book and a deck and start learning. And it started off with just like, I have these spreads and this means this and this means this. And it's evolved into this beautiful practice of being able to, a lot of self-reflection. Um, I feel like there's like the, a partnership between the spirit, the cards and myself, where we're just basically talking to ourselves and saying, hey, like, you know the things you need to pay attention to. Um, you know the things that are not leading you towards life. Um, you know, what are you, you going to do about it? So it's been, um, it's been a really positive thing for me. Um, I think as a tool for self-reflection and um, being wise in future decisions about stuff, it's mm -hmm. been such a great practice for me. I think you like hit the nail on the head with the whole uh, a tool for self-reflection. I think there's mm -hmm. so many different ways that you can sit with feelings and emotions and thoughts that you might be having about all different situations. And it just sometimes different things come up with different modalities, right? Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a tarot deck. It was this beautiful deck I bought. It's by the Wild Unknown. I think that's who did. Oh, yes. So, have you seen those? Oh, yeah. They're a really, really beautiful deck. They're so beautiful. But then I went through a period where it was like, they are, they're so artful, but still there, there, is, a, there is some sort of darkness just in the illustrations, right? Mm, so yeah. Then, then I kind of got off on these like goddess cards instead. So just the same idea of drawing a card, it's not necessarily tarot, but you know, drawing a goddess card for the day and reflecting on that. I have a, mm -hmm. a roomy deck that I really like. Yeah. Um, so I found that I kind of like to hop all over throughout all the decks, you know, just kind of mix it up once in a while. Yeah. So for somebody who, you know, has never done tarot or any of these cards, like what does that practice look like? Do you do it every day? You set them out and pull some, how do you, how does that push you into self-reflection? Mm. I think it, it varies from um, person to person and just how um, you develop whatever practice you want to. I think like with anything, like the more time you spend doing it, the more meaningful it can be. Um, you know, it's like, it's like any spiritual practice, whether like it's meditation or otherwise, like you, the, the more time you spend in meditation, um, or the time you spend meditating, it's like, you know, that's what, it's cultivation of fruit over time, right? So right. when I think about uh, using tarot cards as a spiritual practice, I do it daily. Um, I do it pretty much around the time when I wake up, right? Like where I wake up, try to just focus my thoughts for the day, because I'm, I'm really like hazy in the morning. I'm mm -hmm. real, real hazy. Um, and so for me, it's cup of coffee, sit down, meditate for like a few minutes, and then just do like a quick three card spread to say like, you know, what do I need to pay attention to today? Um, and sometimes it has to do with my career. Sometimes it has to do with my, you know, my, the way I'm navigating romance and relationships. It just kind of varies. And for me, for me, it's become a daily practice. And then I especially love it when I get to um, do it with other people because they can recognize that, oh, there's like another path of spiritual practice here. That, yeah. I could, uh, that I can get involved. I can see God in other places, the most unexpected places. And I think it's also interesting that you said, like, within the, the Wild Unknown deck, there feels like, a, like some sort of, like, darkness there. And I think what is what um, my friends who would identify as witches, and, like, you know, depending on the day, I will identify as a witch, to be honest. Like, the thing we would say about that is, like, the only way that you can work in the light is to be very acquainted with your darkness. Mm. To, like, to know, like, what parts of you, like, the sh like you know, um, Enneagram's talk would say, like, your shadow self. Right. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So totally. I think it, a lot of ways tarot and oracle decks and uh, things of that nature, it really allows one to become familiar with your shadow side if you allow yourself to be honest with, like, yeah. what the cards are actually saying and... You know, you could substitute cards with what the spirit is saying or what your body is saying, because honestly, like, it's all the same. Right. Like, it's all, mm. it's all just like the divine trying to communicate with you in one form or another. And it's like, will you be honest with what you, with, with what you know deep down inside? Oh, it's very yeah. interesting. Mm. I love that. It's just like a path to self-reflection, basically. Yes. Yes. And to know oneself is to know God, you know? Um, absolutely. Oh, come on, somebody. We're going to church. <laughs> Just I'm, kidding. I'm super impressed, too, that this is a daily occurrence for you. I cannot say the same for myself, but just the waking up, a little bit of meditation, pulling the three cards. 
it's it's just that's just like one form of self care for me is to practice these. I don't know. It just uh, it's made me feel so. And it's also, you know, like, um, I'm not perfect with my practice. Like, there is, like, I'm just, you just happen to catch me at, like, the end of the semester where, like, I finished up all of my finals. Right. And now I'm, like, I actually have a little bit more time to invest in it. Because sometimes it is, like, I'm going to do this to check my box. Um, because, like, I know that uh, even though I'm, I've got so much going on, like, the reality is that the way I... You know, we, we say this in yoga, too. It's just like the way that you react to things on the mat is the way you react to things in the real world. Mm-hmm. The way you react to your own ability, your own body, is the way you're going to react towards adversity, towards your body in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having the, that, this daily meditative practice for myself, keeping my yoga practice the way it's been going, um, is a thing that causes me to function in the real world you know, quote unquote, the real world, yeah. whatever that means. Um, and I think that's where I take so much, it, it just brings me so much peace because like, I know that like, I want everything to be a reflection of itself. All aspects of my life to be one singular life. I don't want to have like a work life and a creative life and a relate like a sex life and a love life. I want it to be just one big wild life. And yeah. I think integrated has helped me. Yes. Come on. Yeah. That's so important. All right, let's talk about the crystals, you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you both do the crystals. Again, on the outside looking in, I don't understand. But I'm not skeptical. I just don't understand. So the way I think about crystals, ironically, is the same thing I see like any sort of religious symbol. Um, you know, life has meaning because we give it meaning, right? Because we are assigned meaning to it. Because if we want to get existentialist, we can go to the nth degree and realize that eventually the universe is going to end because we're probably all going to get sucked into a black hole and then into a massive infinite density. And then who knows what will happen after that? Well, yeah, you know, (laughs) that's literally, (laughs) that's literally where my existentialist mind goes. It's like, because like sometimes when I get existentialist and go to the very end, I'm just like, none of this matters. (laughs) And so like, what's the point of any of it? And so then it comes back to, it's just like, okay, well, if nothing matters, then why am I here? And I'm like, I don't know, but while I'm here, I would like to do something that, that makes me feel good. And so we have that's to where create meaning. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I do. We assign meaning to everything. Yeah. And therefore, because we assign meaning to it, it has meaning. It's the same thing for me with working with religious symbols, tarot cards, crystals. Um, to me, it's, uh, I think of it like uh, the debate of icons um, in certain Christian circles. I just got a, mm-hmm. I just wrote a, a Christian history paper. So like I like wrote about iconoclastism. So it's like at the front of my mind. But um, I think about it the same way that I think about the Bible, the, the same way I think about um, actual church buildings or a cross symbol is that an icon is meant to point us to the reality that is beyond itself. Like the cross for me as a Christian human, it's supposed to, it's supposed to point me towards the the bigness of of god the universal the cosmic christ right um and so i think about it the same way with with crystals is that um how they've been introduced to me is that these are items from the earth that have a certain property about them that help bring out certain qualities in oneself that we want to see whether it is like you know using amethyst for um opening up our crown chakra and our third eye chakra so that we can be more creative and like get towards our goals, whether it's, you know, um, rose quartz to help with uh, attracting love towards ourselves by bridging love in ourselves or clear quartz for mental clarity, whatever crystal you're using or whatever property a stone has. um, Sure, maybe it has magical properties. Maybe it does have certain vibrations. Maybe placing it in a space really does help promote whatever it is you're trying to promote, self-love, money, whatever it is. And at the same time, it could all be fake. Like all of it could be fake. Totally. All, all spirituality could be fake. But I look at them as icons. I look at them as symbols mm. to say like, you know, when I'm holding this rose quartz in my hand and meditating with it, thinking about the power of self-love, thinking about what I want to attract into my life, if it is merely an icon or a tool that helps me focus on the things that I want, and thereby reminding me that every step I take is to that end. I want, so, you know, if we're going to keep saying self-love and self-care, if I want to 
have more love in my life, it starts with me. It starts with bringing that, that awareness that love already exists at the core of who I am because that's how I was created. Um, so if that's all it is, sweet. Right, right. That's what I yeah. say about crystals. Like whether you, like, I'll tell you right now, on my table right now, I have fluorite and agate, which is good for mm. uh, creativity and, uh, and, uh, and protection. And so as I'm working on my own creative projects, I have these things as reminders to me that the universe is protecting me and gifting me with creativity and, and also just to stay within that flow. Exactly. I, like I love to that. use them as reminders as well. And you know, Kristen, mm-hmm. we were talking about when I was in Santa Fe over Thanksgiving and you even said there's such a, there's a different energy there, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's the same thing with the crystals. The crystals come from the land of these places where there's just a different Ooh, energy yeah. and it's just a, such a nice reminder plus it's a really pretty reminder let's let's face it i mean i just they're such gorgeous rocks and crystals out there and Kristen, i do think you would like black tourmaline because Mm -hmm. Kristen and i both share this kind of overactive brain that can be a little bit obsessive in our thinking patterns Mm -hmm. (laughs) and by a little obsessive she means wildly anxious (laughs) (laughs) seriously kevin you should listen to the voxer messages between Kristen and i sometimes it's just like way overboard way it's catastrophe central basically wow yeah at least you own it though self-awareness is half the battle they say (laughs) exactly we remind ourselves of that every day If only this self-awareness would make me stop. I know. How does that work? It's one of those, you know what they say? Um, I got this from my friend, Emily Joy. She's a yoga teacher and poet and just badass woman overall. But she says like the idea of karma um, within a yoga practice is not, and it comes from the, the Hindu, Hindu idea of karma. It's not so much just that like, you know, what goes around comes around. It's the idea that in this life, you are going to encounter the same lesson over and over again until you learn it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it's just like the reason we keep, like, why am I going through the same thing? Why do I still date dumb boys? Why do I still get hung up? Like, for example, my karma right now is currently learning how to love myself within my own city and not look for grass that's greener on the other side. Because mm. like my MO, meet a cute boy on Twitter, or Instagram, go to their town, try and woo them. <laughs> And then end up, you know, it's not working out because long distance is hard. And I always want to date the most emotionally unavailable people or the people who are like too ambitious and they don't have time to date anyone. So, <laughs> the unavailable. Yeah. So that's my karma right now. It's just annoying. Like I'm annoyed with myself because I, I uh, after this most recent time and it happened like right after Thanksgiving, it was just dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah. Yeah, my karma right now is letting go of trying to control outcomes because I could just continue yeah. to think that I can, mm. you know, and and so or thinking that I can um, worry and predict and work out every possible outcome. And that's going to save me from pain and suffering, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which in reality, it, it ushers me into pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. My yeah. therapist told me one time, she's like, Kevin, the reason like your worry is simply trying to control the future in the present. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And me I'm too. like, girl, read me. I know. <laughs> I don't know if you get dragged by your therapist, but. <laughs> <laughs> on the daily, on the weekly. I don't. I need one. I, that's what I need. That's what I want in a therapist. I, I want Oof. someone who's just going to like shame me. Well, yeah, but see, Kristen and I are both Enneagram threes. So we even go uh. into therapy like, oh, I'm totally capable. Everything's fine. Like, how it's are true. you? I mean, sometimes my therapist is like, why are you paying me? Like, will you just be real for a second? And I'm like, I just no, I'm not really sure how to do that in front of a person, you know? Yeah. Ooh. So it's extra hard for us threes, which, by the way, I do have to say, I saw that you're an Enneagram eight wing seven, totally. which is my husband. Oh, wow. We, oh, can, yeah. be, we can be really hard to be with. <laughs> really? <laughs> you're kidding me. Really? Huh? No I way. know. That's probably something you've never experienced. No. You've probably only experienced the. the... No. Uh, oh, my God. Being an eight on the Enneagram, like, and vulnerability, like, it's, it's all, oh, God, vulnerability is a self-care practice in some way. No, not in some ways, in many ways. Yes. But it is a practice. It's that practice of saying, like, 
I actually don't know what I'm doing and I actually need, actually do need help. And I actually, like, I think for Enneagram eights, especially, and tell I think this also like is something that threes possibly relate to also is that very much. we just really want to be loved. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, Oh, and I, yeah. and I think that maybe that's like everyone's core motivation in some ways. It's just that we all go about it for like getting it different ways. Like threes are just like, I'm going to be impressive. So you'll love me. I'm going to be over here. I'm just like, I'm going to make you love me. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, that, so- that Jennifer Hudson song and it's like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> right. And um, you and you and you, you're going to love me. That is <laughs> exactly. an Enneagram 8 song. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I love that. That is perfect. <laughs> Your dream girls theme song. Me and Jay had have so much in common. Oh, also, gosh. same thing with like this. I was actually listening to J-Hud the other day and it was um, the old song Spotlight off her first solo album, which was totally underrated, I might add. But she has a song <laughs> on there called Spotlight. And it's basically saying just like, don't try to possess me. And I'm just like, Enneagram 8. There it is again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like living I mean, under your spotlight. I think that like that fear of vulnerability is is definitely a thread for both Enneagram 3s and Enneagram 8s. We do mm-hmm. not like to seem like we don't have everything under control. Absolutely. And the reality is like control is a complete illusion anyways, right? Right. Totally. Totally. It's, Completely. It's so And it's we're so not weird fooling though. anyone. Everyone knows or everyone around us that knows us well knows that we're vulnerable, but we're like my therapist said that I was like a duck on the water where from the top I look like I'm just gliding smoothly and then underneath I'm like dog paddling with my feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, on the surface, I'm just like, we got this. I, except for, like, I'm, like, I'm the giant ugly duck on the swan, on, like, on the, on, the, on, the, on the pond with everybody else, and I just don't want you around me. I'm just, like, bulldozing through. <laughs> I'm going to get the breadcrumbs, bitch, not you. But you know what's funny is, I don't know, I, maybe this is true for a lot of threes, or maybe this is just, I'm, I'm, I was very high on Enneagram 8, too. I'm, like, a point away from that. I like 8s. I, I appreciate... I like direct. I hate passive aggressive. Eights are just aggressive mm. aggressive. And I like yeah. it. It's it's like I don't have to wonder. Because I'm always, as a three, I'm always trying to figure out what do people think of me? Where are they at? What are they thinking? And with eights, it's like you just know. You know mm-hmm. where they're at. And I think it is getting honest was like the greatest thing for me. Um, I, my last partner and I, he was an Enneagram four, um, and I love a four. Their creativity is boundless and beautiful and wonderful. And also they have, um, trouble understanding their own feelings, um, or like how to articulate them. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, um, passive aggressive behavior was, it was a pattern we had from him. And I was like, but the thing is for that kind of person who struggles with communication, um, it's uh it's they don't respond well to the aggressive aggressive style of communication that an eight has um so it's within our interest to learn how to be more gentle with people um yeah especially if we're people who want to lead and lead well we get we think like eights like you know would you rather be feared or loved initial answer is feared because we want (laughs) to be in control totally but then the answer deep down is actually just like we crave that feeling of wanting to be loved really, really deeply. And so like underneath the surface, there's like, I'm just a little kid and I'm still just a little teenage, you know, femme dude in high school trying to figure this out and wanting you to like me and, you know, putting on the the pony show, trying to make kind of like misdirect you from my actual fears and emotions. I mean, I think so many of us are still sitting in that in that place of insecurity of of our young adulthood or teen yeah. years. I mean, aren't we all really? Yeah, I think everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I still think I'm a you know a 15 year old trying to show everybody that I'm capable. Yeah, and I, and then there's like the wild question of what would happen if we actually believed that we were capable, or what would happen if we actually believe that we were loved well kevin we've kind of delved into the spiritual and the woo-woo and now we want to just dial it right back and talk about frou-frou let's talk products let's talk serums Uh, let's talk makeup 
Oh my gosh. Yes, please. This is the girl chat I came for. Yes. Okay. I'm so ready. First question is, why are you better at lipstick than me? <laughs> um, YouTube tutorials, man. Oh, um, I get, who are your favorites? Um, I'm a big fan. Um, I actually follow like a lot of um, black beauty beauty vloggers because Love. I think their creativity is better. Like, granted, like the skin tone is obviously different, but the way that like they pair colors, they're because they know how to make a color work for their skin tone, and so mm-hmm. I take a lot of cues from that. Um, my eyebrows, um, I actually. Um, there's like a couple uh, guy beauty vloggers out there who just have like boy makeup tutorials that I really like, where it's just like clean, fresh face. So um, Cameron Michaels, who is a drag queen, actually has a really good boy makeup tutorial. Um, God, what is uh, Manny Mua or Manny MUA is a favorite. I can't always watch his channel because I don't want to say like he gives me... Um, I'm working at the makeup counter and I'm trying to impress you vibes. Oh. Um, but, he, but also, he's the guy who's making all the coins. So, like, I'm, maybe I'm the one doing something wrong. <laughs> he's the over-enthusiastic guy at the Mac counter. He's like, he really wants you to buy this really fancy product. And that's another thing, too, is that, like, I love a good product, but I'm also, I'm a drugstore queen. Like, I'm going to come and get something that looks good has good ingredients and also isn't going to break my budget because I'm not trying oh, to like. Totally, I like it. You can't drop a Quan on freaking Mac all the time. Um, no. So that's well, some of my favorite. Tell us some of your blog. favorites. What are some of your favorites? I um. Well, if you were going to Target, Target has amazing. I think uh, options for like lip color. Nyx is my personal favorite. Mm. I think they've got a NYX. They are um, they're cruelty free, and I believe that they're vegan. And I really like ingredients that are not going to harm my body, which is a really great thing. And also, Nyx, Nyx, um, they have these um, matte lip stains that just stay on for forever. I really like them, and they also feel like a cloud on your lips. Ooh, like it's, it's so delightful. Um, I really, as far as um, like foundations and contours and things like that. Um, I'm a big fan of Beauty Counter, which is... Oh, yeah. I'm actually, uh, hopefully in the new year, going to be starting selling Beauty Counter because it's a great product. I like Beauty Counter. It's free from like, what, 1,700 different like ingredients that are like banned worldwide. Yes. And they're making such a difference in DC. Like actually laws are, you know, in the process of being changed, which is so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's beauty with a cause, which I'm into. Totally. Um, uh, so I'm a big fan of, of their foundations and, and powders and things like that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Also, their eyebrow pencil changed my life, to be honest. Oh, really? Oh, really? I haven't tried that. I, I do have either. to say, have you tried their reformulated eyeshadows? No, I haven't tried them yet. It's on my, my Christmas list right Okay. Now. They are amazing. I mean... I've tried every single eyeshadow, especially in Green Beauty and Clean Beauty, and they are so pigmented and like mm. they blend so beautifully. The original ones they made were horrid, but this, like the new reformulation is so good and they have all these palettes right now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, like my, um, my bank account is looking at me like, girl, what are you going to do? When are you going to do this? Yeah. When are you going to get that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have to give one more wreck because, you know, this is my spiritual gift. Come on. And um, I just have a feeling if you haven't tried them yet, have you tried the Bite Beauty matte lipstick crayons? Mm-mm, not yet. I've been looking at your photos. I've been seeing your lipstick and I've been looking at the colors and I just feel like you might really like them. It's like a pencil form, but not like a pencil pencil. It's just kind of a mm-hmm. slender lipstick and they're mm-hmm. super pigmented and they're super matte, but they don't dry your lips out. <sighs> And I just have this feeling inside my heart of hearts, Kevin, that you're Mm. really going to enjoy those. I'm in. All right. You know, put it, I will, uh, I'll, we'll report back later for a second interview on the Selfie Podcast, (laughs) all about makeup and beauty. Yes. What do you do for skincare? Lotions, serums, washes? Um, I, so I've got skin that loves to break out and like weird parts of my okay i'm just gonna put up front like body acne is real people can we all just stop shaming ourselves oh, yeah. for it it's so annoying 
Like I still get stuff on my back. I still get stuff on my hips, like weird stuff that's just been around for five ever. Um, and so I am a big fan of, um, I can never pronounce it. It's like Cerave, C-E-R-V-E. Cerave. Oh, CeraVe? CeraVe. Yes. I love CeraVe's products for um, face wash um, because like for me, it just gets my skin makes it feel really clean and I don't have any of the breakups associated with certain other products and um, ingredients. So that one's really helpful for me. Um, and also, I also, it's also scentless because I'm someone who has very sensitive skin and it's sensitive to scents. So that for oh, me is same. super helpful. And yeah. it's super annoying because like, I want to wear certain products, but like, I can't always do that. I know. Which is fine. Um, also, my laundry smells so boring. It's just like <laughs> scentless. That's how mine is too. Yeah, same. We're all in the free same and boat. clear. Free and clear. Free and clear. Huh? Come on. Lame. Um, I um, and then I'm gonna rep again right now because this is what I'm on. Beauty Counter Serum Number One. Um, it's like a, it's like made with citrus and other essential oils. Um, you put that on, and then there is the um, Counter Match um, Moisturizer. Which oh, the Adaptive with... Moisture Lotion. Yes. Oh yeah. my God tell you what if you have redness in your skin if you're somebody who's prone to like weird dryness in certain spots like which i am um it has totally an or if you're about to break out or something you just i do it like two to three times a week and my skin's never looked more healthy and moisturized i just like wash my face after a shower put it on go to bed and like a lot of people are just like, oh, I can't do this because my face is oily. I'm just like, listen, like you're going to be fine. It's not the same kind of oil that's coming out of your skin, Barbara. Right. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that's going to heal your <laughs> entire life. I use totally. all oils. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Do I you am. you even do an oil cleanser, Sarah? I do. Ooh. I do. And my skin has never looked better. I've used them for two or three years. And... I will never go back when I put a, I mean, I have a couple of creams that I need for like, if I need some sort of like crazy winter hydration situation where I need to double up, but but in general, it's oils all the way. Love it. And I don't break out ever. I used to. Can I tell you my kind of like controversial, like hair care stuff that goes along with my skincare stuff? Um, Please. Yes, please. My controversial hair care is that I have not washed my hair in eight months and I didn't wash it for six months before that. So you just rinse it? I rinse it. I condition it. Um, I also color my hair. And yeah. so I use Overtone's um, pigmented conditioner to help it keep it there. But the thing about shampooing um, is that a lot of times, if you're someone who washes it every day, it strips the oil. Totally. And oh, your sure. scalp. And so your scalp goes into overdrive, making yes. your hair, quote unquote, more oily. So I rinse it out. I condition it, um, put all the products in it. But I don't, I have not shampooed it. And my hair is also, my, my hair and my scalp, because I also used to have like these like, interesting like pilar cyst situations and breakouts like on my scalp um and i don't have that problem anymore what conditioner do you use i'm using the over right now i'm currently using the overtone um pigmented conditioner for the dark silver gray color that they have um which also by the way if you're looking to color your hair overtone's a great at-home product because it's all vegan and cruelty free and it comes out with a great color on the other side just make sure like you are, you know, if you're a blonde person, you know how the color is going to affect your, affect your hair because color magic and science and whatnot. Oh, fun. You always have good colors going on. Thank you. And the other one when I'm not using that is the, it's like the bougie one. Again, Target is like the oil of Morocco or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's just like for me, it, I love it. I think coconut oil can heal the world. Um, Yes. All right, our last question for you. We want to hear some guilty pleasures. Music, TV, what are some of your, you know, I, I, not all is right in the world and I got to check out what are you watching or listening to? Um, right now, um, honestly, Spotify Taste Breakers playlist that they create based on your taste has been really good to me recently. So I've been into this artist named Ryan Beattie, R-Y-A-N-B-E-A-T-T-Y, I think he's a mid 20 something. It reminds me of lo-fi, just like really cool lo-fi sounds with easy backgrounds plus R&B vocals. Um, It's really sexy. He's also queer. And so like, he's talking about like 
making out with boys and stuff. And I'm just like, I only want to listen to gay pop artists for the rest of my life. It's <laughs> so cute. Represent. One of, one of the songs says, um, summer's over when I die. And I'm like, that's the mood. Oh, the yeah. Mood. Um, so that's one musical sensation that I've been into recently. I think as far as guilty pleasures are concerned, I love the YouTubes so much. And I have been known to veg out on um, BuzzFeed Unsolved, any of their Ooh. videos. That all like because it's basically like a television show. It's really well produced. Right. The the the, the, uh, the stories are interesting. The, like the two guys who um, produce this show are really fun to listen to and watch because they're so dynamic. Um, the other one I love, the Try Guys, and then I also love my sister Evelyn from the Internets. Ooh, I haven't um, heard I of that. Both of those too. My kids and oh. I watch the Try Guys all the time. <laughs> it's so wholesome. I'm like, it, man. Well, it can be. Sometimes they're a little bit like <laughs> like when they did driving like the... while while stoned. You know, they'll do stuff like that. But I it was is just like, wholesome. that's yeah. I was. I actually really liked that series for a few reasons. I think it normalized uh, cannabis usage, and yeah. well, in some ways, it normalized cannabis usage. But then they also said like, you can't do this while high because it is a a drug it is going to alter your standards. Yeah. Like, that's responsible. It is. I completely agree. Also, I forgot, like, I also, and you can edit this out later if you want to. I think recreational cannabis usage as a way of self-care is, I think it's great and dope, and I think more people should try it. Oh, no, we won't edit that out. We've been wanting to do an episode on that. Yeah. Girl, bring me back on. Let's talk. We oh, will, my gosh. actually. Had I known, we could talk <laughs> yeah. about weed all day. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. We'll have you back. <laughs> yes. Well, we are going to link up to all of the products that you talked about on our website, selfiepodcast.com. Kevin, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me, Kevin Miguel Garcia, across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. That's T-H-E, Kevin Garcia. I'm over on thekevingarcia.com where you can find all my blogs, podcasts, and videos, as well as a link to my clothing line, which is called Queerly Beloved Tees relaunching January 2019 and you can also download my new ebook which is called Yesterday and Forever and it's basically just a collection of essays about being a queer person of faith uh, that'll be coming out in January as well and I'm also releasing a Christmas EP by the end of the month so if you want that you can get the what? details of yeah I'm doing a little um a little Christmas EP because I, I love it. my grandparents really love it when I sing and we haven't Kevin has to... an amazing voice oh. by the way Girl, you better gas me up. Well, you, I mean, that's like, I don't know why you're hiding that behind a bushel. You have an amazing voice. Listen, I'm trying to get out from behind the bushel when people want to hire me to come sing at their places. Let me know. You can also hire me to come speak at your school, your church, your community center, your pride event. I talk about sex and Jesus and gender and justice and, um, and actually having sex. I love talking about that. That's another podcast completely, I think. (laughs) I love it. All right, Kevin. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really loved having you on. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. I can't wait to have another conversation in the future with y'all. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us over at Instagram at at selfiepodcast. And make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care. Take care.